because we are committed to being women who continually learn how to navigate life well, who continually learn how to navigate the battle between the flesh and the spirit well, because God wants us to win. He wants us to be victorious. He doesn't want us just to cave into our flesh. He wants us to be women that live by the spirit. So we've got to learn how to navigate that battle because the word tells us there's a battle that exists between our flesh and our spirit. So we've just got to learn how to navigate that battle well. Hence our series, She's Off to Boot Camp, learning how to navigate that battle in life between the flesh and the spirit. Because if we don't live according to the spirit, we're living short of the life that God created us to live and intended for us to live. And I don't want anyone to live short of that. And as much as I don't want that, I know that our Heavenly Father wants that far more. And he's just saying to us, come on, girls, let's do this well so that you can experience all that I've got in store for you. So are you ready to, to grow a little bit more today? All right. Have you been thinking as we've been going through this study and talking about our thoughts have you been finding yourself a little bit more aware of your thoughts and asking yourself, what am I thinking about? And becoming a little bit more conscious of what you spend your thought life on? And a few of you have. Awesome. That is so great. <laughs> and as we continue, more and more of you will. I know it. <laughs> And so we've talked a lot about what's involved in this battle and who the battle's really against and where the battle takes place. And last week, we talked about the fact that we have been entrusted with weapons. We've been entrusted with spiritual weapons. Last week, we talked about one of those weapons, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And this week, we are going to talk about another weapon that we have been given that is part of our artillery that we have been given. And we are going to talk today about the weapon of prayer. Did you know that prayer is actually a weapon that we've been entrusted with? We are going to look at lots of scriptures today. So if you've got your Bibles, or your electronic Bible, or whatever you brought with you. Go ahead, open it up to Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got your notebook and your pen, pull them out, because we're going to talk about a lot of scriptures today that you're going to want to underline. These are foundational things that we need to wrap our hearts around. So in Ephesians chapter 6, we've looked the last few weeks at the armor and how we actually live in the armor and the protection that it brings us. And then last week we ended in verse 17, starting to talk about the weapons we've been given. We talked about the sword of the spirit. But today let's start in verse 18. And it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I like the way it reads in the Amplified Bible. It says, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And in the Message Bible, it tells us that prayer 
is essential to this ongoing warfare that we are in. Prayer is a weapon that we've been entrusted with to help us navigate this warfare between the spirit and the flesh. And then in the message, it also says, as it continues in verse 18 there, it says to pray for each other so that no one falls behind or drops out. Ladies, we are an army of women on this earth, God's daughters. He put us on this earth at this time in history, not to navigate this battle all alone and be isolated, but to do this together, to share this together, to be praying for each other, holding each other up, that no one falls behind or, or drops out of the war that is before them. But we need to be with each other, linking arms, praying for each other. Prayer is a weapon that we've been given, not just for ourselves, but to help those around us, be building them up, encouraging them, praying for them, being that support to them as well. And so today we're going to talk about prayer. And I just believe that God's going to stir our hearts. And I just encourage you, just within your own heart, just right now, even just take that moment and say, Father, speak to me. Show me how you want to cause me to grow in my personal prayer life. I want us to look at starting out in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus himself taught about prayer. And he starts out in verse 5 there and says, When you pray, not if you pray, not maybe if you feel like praying, no, he says, when you pray, all of us should be women who are praying. And in verses 5 through 8 there, he tells us some things that we should be doing. And he also tells us some things that we shouldn't be doing. And I love the way these few verses read in the Message Bible, because it just puts it in such modern-day English and makes it so plain to us. Listen to these verses from the Message Bible. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom, do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. And then he gives us this example, what we know of as the model prayer, teaching us, showing us how to pray. But I love what we just read. It's like sometimes we can get so caught up in thinking that we have to pray these eloquent, fancy prayers. We, if we're ever going to pray in, some, in front of someone, we have to know all the right words and be able to impress them with our prayer. And he's saying that is not it at all. 
Don't get caught up in, in eloquent prayers. Don't get caught up in formulas or having to quote just the right things, this or that. Just come. Just come to God. Just come as simply as you can. Just come just as you are. Talk just as you would to anyone else. I remember when I was young, someone told me to think of prayer as I'm sitting in a chair and there's another chair facing me and God is in that chair and just talk to him like I would talk to my very best friend. And that's what he wants to be, is our very best friend. We can just talk to him, have conversation with him so simply and easily. And so then continuing on to look at that, that model that he's given us for prayer, this blueprint for prayer, it says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is an outline for us that we've been given. It's a blueprint for prayer. And today, what I want to do is just break that down into four simple thoughts, four simple categories, using the word pray as an acronym so that we can all remember it. Acronyms help us remember things, and sometimes we need a little help in that area. At least I do. I don't know about you. <laughs> so if you're taking notes, you can write this down as we go through the acronym using the word pray. When we pray, we should let our prayers begin with praise. The P stands for praise. If we look at this model prayer, it starts out, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We should be coming to God with praise, first and foremost. Can you imagine going before a king with a list of demands and just running into the palace, running into the king, saying, I need you to do this, 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 and this. There. Can you imagine doing that? Of course not. No one would do that. You would go in and first recognize that, that king for who he is and for his position and honor him. If you were to go before anyone with a great position of authority, you don't just run in making your demands. We would run in and first recognize that person, give them honor for the position that they hold. At least if we want to be heard, we would do that, wouldn't we? How do you like it if somebody just comes before you and says, you need to do this, 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 this? What is your first reaction? <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> but when there is relationship with someone, when you know that they love you, that they adore you, that they express that to you, there's that kind of relationship it makes you want to do anything you can for that person, doesn't it? We need to approach God in that way, not with empty words of flattery, but genuine praise, genuine adoration for who he is first and foremost. And I've heard some people say that, well, I don't really know what to say. I, I'm not sure I have the words. I don't really know how to, how to praise and how to put that into my own words. Can I give you a simple key to that? I think humility is absolute key 
to bringing praise to God. If we continue looking at that model prayer, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we're saying, it's not about me. It's not about my will, about my plan, about my ideas, about my agenda. God, it's all about you. When we have that humble heart, we just surrender everything that we want in life, all of our ideas, all of our agenda, all of the things that we want to put on that list, if we just surrender it all and humble our hearts and come before God, knowing that he knows best, he has far better things planned for us than we could ever have for ourselves. It makes all the difference in the world. In 1 Peter 5, it tells us that God resists the proud. He wants us to come to him in a humble manner, with a humble heart. Humility is an attitude of the heart that simply says, I recognize I can't do it all on my own. I recognize I'm not self-sufficient, and I'm open, I'm moldable, I'm teachable, and I am in need of God's help. I'm in need of God's wisdom and guidance in everything, in everything I face. A humble heart recognizes that God is our source for absolutely everything. The model prayer continues, give us this day our daily bread. When we recognize that everything we have is because of him and from him, that's a heart of humility. And you know what? Humility produces praise because it recognizes he's Lord, he's greater, he's bigger. And those things just begin to come to the surface and come out of our mouths to him. Praise helps us get our focus on God. Does anyone ever have a hard time getting your focus on God? Maybe there's, somebody shook their head yes. Well, I'll just tell you, sometimes I do. Yesterday morning, I woke up and I had all of these thoughts just spinning in my head before I even got out of bed. Felt like a million different thoughts going crazy. And don't forget about this and this. And then this person, you got to follow up with this and call that. And then don't forget about all these things coming up at the church. And you got to take care of all these details. And then the office needs you to do this and this and this. And then there's all these things coming down the road that you got to make plans for. And that you said you were going to prepare and get ready for that meeting and this and that. And my mind was blowing a socket, I think, <laughs> before I ever even got out of bed. And it just continued as I got out of bed. And... Uh, and then yesterday, Mondays are my day that I study and get ready for Chick Connection. So I'm trying to study and still all these little thoughts are going everywhere. And then my emails keep trying to get my attention and text messages and people wanting answers on things. And uh, finally, I just shut that all off. And, and I said, stop, enough already. I have to just stop and praise God. And so I began to do that, and I began to just, I got up from the table where I was at and just started singing, and do you know what happened? All the thoughts continued, and <laughs> because I'm just human, just like you, and we've all had that time where we could be singing and praising, but our mind's still going amok. And so, <laughs> and so I'm singing, and I'm 
realizing my thoughts aren't singing. <laughs> and so then I just persevered. And I said, okay, this is ridiculous. I am going to praise God, genuine praise from my heart. Father, forgive me. I just put all this care on you, all these details on you right now. I thank you that you are bigger, you are greater. Father, I thank you that I can trust you with everything. And I just began to let praise come out of my mouth. God, I thank you that you're a very present help in time of need. I thank you that you're with me, that you never leave me, you never forsake me. And just began to let Genuine praise come out of my heart. And you know what happened? At first it didn't. But as, as I persevered and continued with praise, it caused my focus to shift completely on to God. And all those other little things just began to fall aside. And my focus was on him. Praise shifts our focus. Praise keeps our focus on God. And praise brings God's presence. He said he inhabits the praises of his people. If we want God's presence in our lives, we need to come to him with praise. So when we're going to pray, ladies, let's start out our prayer times with praise, expressing from our hearts genuine praise to God. And then secondly, the R in pray stands for repentance. As we continue looking at our model prayer, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is key to effective prayers. In Mark 11, 25 and 26, it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I love that that verse 25 starts out saying, whenever you stand praying, and then it's like it just stops and tells us, stop. Whenever you stand praying, stop. Is there anyone you need to forgive? Is there, do you want God to forgive you? Stop praying and let's take care of this first. We need to be women who extend forgiveness, who come to God, who repent and receive his forgiveness as well. In Psalm 66, verse 18, it says, If I didn't confess the sin in my heart, God wouldn't have listened. Wow. If we don't repent, if we don't confess things going on in our own lives, it hinders our prayers prevents God from listening. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it's telling believers, and it, over eight times it tells believers in churches to repent from things like sexual sin, things like having other things before God, trusting in wealth, trusting in self-sufficiency. Wow. That means believers can have those things in our hearts, sin in our heart that we need to repent of and get right before God. And in Psalm 139, it, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We need to ask God to reveal things to us, to search our hearts and show us because sometimes we don't recognize things that are in there. We get going full speed ahead and we're taking care of all these details and thinking all these millions of thoughts that float through our minds every day and we don't stop to recognize some things that we may have picked up along the way, some things that might have stuck to us along the way. And we need to just stop and get quiet before God and say, Father, search my heart and show me. And not just pray that, but then listen and let God show us. And he's a wonderful, gentle, loving, heavenly Father who shows us so gently. He never beats us over the head. He never condemns us. He just brings things to light so that we can deal with them and make them right. We need to be willing to ask and then to listen. And then in 1 John 3, 21 and 22, it says, Beloved, if your heart does not condemn us, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So we need to be willing to let God show us things. And he, he reveals those things to us on the inside. It's not like some audible voice. Don't expect it to be written on the wall of your house or a shout from heaven, you need to get this right. Now, you know, I guess it could happen, but most often he just speaks gently on the inside, in our heart. And so that's where we need to be listening. And it says here in 1 John, if our heart doesn't condemn us, if we ask and we listen and our heart is clear, then we come before God and we ask and we receive from him. Okay? So we don't need to go back and lie on the couch and say, okay, God, here it is. Here's my big counseling session with you. Now let's go back and unturn every stone from the time I was born and you show me every little thing. You know what? We just simply come to God. Sometimes we can make it harder than it is. We just simply come to God, ask, let him show us, make the adjustment, and then come to him. All right? It's pretty simple stuff. And then, so the P in our acronym is praise. R is repentance. The A stands for ask. In our model prayer, there's many examples of Asking, asking for daily provision, asking for wisdom to stay on the right path and avoid temptation, asking for deliverance from evil. We need to be willing to ask. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask, and it will be given unto you. Ask, and it will be given, it says. It doesn't say ask and maybe, ask and you might receive. It says ask and it will be given. If we want our prayers answered, we've got to be willing to ask. God wants us to ask. In John chapters 14 and 17, those ch 14 through 17, those chapters actually record Jesus' last hours with his disciples before the crucifixion. And so much of those three chapters, or four, 14, 15, 16, 17, four chapters. <laughs> so much of those four chapters where he's pouring out his last words to them, the things that he wants to be ingrained in their hearts, 
has to do with asking in prayer. Pretty interesting. It's important that we ask. And we're not going to take time to look at all of the things throughout those four chapters right now. There's so many verses. But let's just look at one of them. In John 14, in verse 13, it says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything. Wow, that's pretty broad, isn't it? Anything that will bring glory to him. Wow. Six times in those few chapters, he instructs his disciples to ask anything according to his will. Anything that will bring glory to him and it will be done. <clears throat> Therefore, when we ask anything in line with God's word, we can have complete faith, complete confidence that it will be done. We need to be women who ask in faith. And then we also need to ask specifically. In Mark 10, we see the story of blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus sees him and tells them to bring him over to them. Jesus is aware that he is blind. But he says to him, what would you like me to do for you? And blind Bartimaeus says, I want to receive my sight. Do you think Jesus knew that? Of course he did. But he wanted it to come out of his mouth. He wanted him to ask and he wanted him to be specific. Sometimes we can be timid in our asking, afraid to be specific with God. He wants us to be specific. He wants us to ask in faith. I know there's been so many times in my life, things that, that I've been wanting or needing and, and things that, that I knew wasn't like out of God's will, but just asked specifically. And it is amazing to me how specifically God will answer prayer when we ask specifically. He's amazing. So we need to be women who come to God with praise, who open our hearts and repent before him, and then who ask in faith, asking specifically. And then the why just simply stands for yield. As the model prayer closes, it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We need to just recognize that our lives exist for him. Our lives exist to bring him glory, not to bring glory to ourselves. And a yielded life is one that leans in. It's one that listens. It's one that allows him to keep us on track with him where he wants us to be that leans in so that we can get his direction because we know that it's all about him it's not about us we can have our agenda we can have our ideas but it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because he has a better agenda he has better ideas and when we fully have that revelation that it's all about him that I exist for him I don't exist for myself I don't exist to bring glory to myself I don't exist for people to think I'm anything great whatsoever but only to bring him glory wow 
That's a life that God will use. That's a yielded life. A yielded life is pliable in his hands, moldable, shapeable, teachable. A yielded life endures. A yielded life never gives up because a yielded life recognizes that it's about God being seen in the process. It's about God being seen even when it's a long road waiting for the promise. It's all about him, not about us. You see, prayer is a weapon that's been entrusted to us. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Wow. There is incredible power in effective prayer. So think about it for a moment, ladies. Think about your prayer life currently. Do you know statistics say that the majority of Christians have a very mediocre, if not non-existent, prayer life? Wow. So let's just be honest with God right now and just think about your own prayer life. Where is it at? What does your prayer life look like? Is it a picture of that spiritual weapon, effective and powerful? Imagine how powerful our prayers are when they consist of these four simple components. Praise, because it brings God's presence. Repentance, because it brings the assurance that God hears our prayers. Asking, it gives us the confidence that God will answer when we ask according to his will. And yielding keeps us on track with him in the process of life, on the journey of life. Let's let God be seen and magnified in our lives. Let's allow prayer to be that weapon that keeps us on track with him, that keeps his plans, his purposes continually being established in our lives. We need to be women who pray, not just on occasion, but all throughout the day. Girls, it doesn't take long. We can just, even in our cars, just think about that acronym, pray. Praise, repentance, ask, yield, listen. Heart of yielding, listening to his heart, getting direction. It can be so simple. Every one of us can grow. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need to grow in my prayer life. My prayer life isn't exactly non-existent, but it might not be that spiritual weapon that it could be. Let's allow God to do what he wants to do in and through us by asking him to help us grow in that area. Prayer can encompass so many different types of prayer. The Bible talks about all different types of prayer, prayers of faith, prayers for others, supplications, which are requests, intercession, standing in the gap for someone else, prayers of agreement, which are what we pray at our tables here at Chick Connection before we leave. We come into agreement. We pray for needs at the tables. You know, in Matthew 18, 19, sometimes people say, well, how do I know if, if I'm really in agreement? Well, do you know how to agree with someone where you're going to meet for lunch? It's that simple. And Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you 
agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So let's just take this table right here, for example. Is there at least two of you there? Are you on earth? <laughs> Do you think today before you leave you're going to pray about anything? And you can join hearts together? There you go. Prayer of agreement. It's that simple. Let's not overcomplicate things. There's all different types of prayer. But in Ephesians 6.18, where we started out today, it says, as I find it here, <laughs> praying always with all prayer and supplication, all kinds of prayer, and in the Spirit. You know, we need the Holy Spirit's help when we pray. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is given to us as our helper. Maybe you feel like you need help in your prayer life. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He will help you. The Bible also tells us that he brings things to our remembrance. Maybe you feel like, oh, I want to pray these scriptures, but I can't remember, and I remember hearing this scripture, and it was something like this. Do you know how many times I've done that? And I said, Holy Spirit, what was that scripture? And maybe I remember part of it. And before I know it, there it is. He brings things to our remembrance. He's our helper. He's with us every step of the way. We just need to ask for his help. And then, not only will he help us as we pray in English, but the Bible tells us that we can also pray in the Holy Spirit, what we refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to take a moment just before we close today and just look at a couple scriptures really quickly and see what did Jesus say about this. Look at Mark 16 and verse 17. It says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Wow. Jesus said this. Those who believe... This is available to all believers, anyone who believes in him. And it's talking about a heavenly prayer language, a personal prayer language, not the gift of tongue that's, that's talked about to be given publicly with interpretation. This is our own personal prayer language. And then in Luke chapter 11, Jesus talks more about this. It says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And the answer to those things, we all know, is no, of course not. And then it says, if you then, being evil, or being human, in our own humanity and frailty, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus tells us who this is for, anyone who believes. And then he tells us how we receive this. All we have to do is ask. I have a friend, and she read these scriptures, and she thought, God, I want that. I want to be able to speak in tongues, to have that that prayer language, that connection with you, where your spirit prays through me. And she was on an airplane. She was sit sitting by the window, and she just had her blanket around her, and she just put her head towards the window, and she just started to pray. And she said, God, I want that. I ask for that right now. And, you know, she just began to speak in tongues right there. 
under her little blanket on the airplane by herself. It's that simple. All we have to do is ask. It's a gift for all believers. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, for, uh, I'm sorry, verses 14 and 15, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I pray when I pray in tongues. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding. And in verse 18, Paul says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Jesus talked about this. This was a huge part of Paul's life. And then the word continues and tells us some of the benefits. Let's just look really quickly. Romans, or you don't even need to turn there. We'll just share it because we're short on time. In Romans 8, it says that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For when we don't know what we should pray, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered. Now, he searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Has anyone ever not known how to pray in a situation? You don't know what to pray. You don't know what God's will is in this situation. When we pray in the Spirit, we are praying the perfect will of God. How awesome is that? There's so many times I don't know what to pray. But I know if I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying the perfect will of God. And then in Jude 1.20 it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We build ourselves up. There's an empowerment from the Spirit that comes when we pray in the Holy Spirit. And you know, I cannot imagine living my life without that wonderful gift that's available to all believers. It is not something that he ever pushes on us or requires of us, but I am so thankful for that gift, for that gift, the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, being able to pray in that heavenly prayer language when I don't know what to pray, being able to have that empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've never experienced that, you can simply ask, just as my friend on the airplane did. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I want, I want that, but I want someone to pray with me, to lead me in that prayer. I would be so honored to do that after we dismiss today. We're going to have an opportunity for that. But you know, ladies, I just want to encourage you wherever you are at in your prayer life. Maybe you say, I'm not sure yet, but I know I need to work on praising God, I know I need to work on asking. Wherever you are at, I just encourage you to allow your heart to expand with more of God. Grow in conversation with him. That's what prayer is. It's not a one-way conversation. It's not something about form and ritual and eloquent words. It's a two-way conversation. And as we grow in conversation with God, we grow in God. He transforms us more and more on the inside in the process. Where are you at today in your prayer lives? I just encourage you to make that commitment in your heart to grow in conversation with God. Grow in him. Let his spirit show you today one thing 
that you can do to cause your prayer life to grow, to cause that conversation with him to grow. Amen? I want us to pray together. Heavenly Father, God, right now, I'm just asking that by your spirit, you would just speak to each and every one of us here in this place today, God. Show us where we're at in our prayer lives. God, show us how we can grow. And Father, I just pray right now that there would not be an ounce of condemnation in this place because we're all on this journey together. But God, that there would instead be an excitement in our hearts to know that we can draw closer to you through prayer. We can talk to you more fully through prayer. We can have that two-way conversation. It's not an obligation and a burden to pray. It's a privilege that we get to come before the King of Kings and have two-way conversation. God, I pray that your spirit would just make that truth so alive in our hearts today. Give us that passion to talk to you about everything in every situation. God, help us by your spirit to quiet our minds and our hearts that we can hear from you as well. God, help us to keep that conversation going throughout the day, continually growing and getting deeper every day. In Jesus' name we ask.